0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition, an early week edition of the DFS Dreamer podcast, where we always take a look at the DraftKings Classic Slate early on Tuesday afternoon, just to be able to get a feel for things here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network so we can get our mind marinating a little bit more on what the prices are for people, how the game script may be able to go. And of course, my savant in all of this, the guy who I turn to for all my DFS questions is Pierre at Wee 31 over on Twitter. And Pierre, I know you are going to lead me to a winning lineup this week. That's always
1: the plan. Always the plan is to... to win, like we want to win, we want to help people learn how to build. But at the end of the day, you want to have that success. Week seven, again, well, I don't know how this NFL season's flying, but uh, looking to have some success in week seven. But
0: what, what is week seven? That's like a third of the way through. No, it's a half. It's a little bit over a half. Yeah, right? well,
1: it's just over a third. Just over a third of the way. I thought there was
0: eighteen weeks.
1: Yeah, so six seven times, times three, three is is eighteen. Oh, yeah. So a little over a third.
0: Uh, when I when I turn the page and I'm on week seven, I'm already in week eight. Don't ask me how my brain works. <laughs> well, half of 18
1: is nine, so we're not quite the <laughs> half yet.
0: Uh, you can follow me over on Twitter for more mathematical uh, leapfrog type of questions. <laughs> at it over on Twitter. At it. Don't forget to follow at FI today with a little underscore. PR, I got a couple questions for you. Since it's only a, what, 11-game slate, so we got a couple of games here that we aren't going to necessarily be covering. So I'm not going to say we got a little bit of time to kill here, but I'm just curious as if, if you know some of these quarterback statistics for the year, now this is not planned, but I'm telling you right now, what? Pierre is on top of his game. Okay, Pierre is on top of his game. Um, let's go to uh, let's go with completions. Who do you think has completed oh, the most passes or attempts? I'll, I'll give you completions or attempts because it's going to be real close, neck and neck, right there uh, in the league this year for quarterbacks.
1: Uh, I would say the most passing attempts. Yeah, that's gonna be close. Um, let's is okay. it Josh Allen?
0: I was gonna say you don't get any points for this. Okay? You're taking it very seriously for not getting points. Uh, you, I know. I like think who, right. who
1: passes a lot, and yeah. I know I know the Bills are pretty pass heavy, so I'd say Josh Two. Allen.
0: 239 for Josh Allen, 239 pass attempts, 160 completions for Josh Allen, Allen. Uh, 67 completion percentage, not bad, not bad at all. Right above him is Tom Brady at 247, yeah, Yeah, 67% completion percentage there. Kyler Murray at 252, 252 a 65 completion percentage, I'm not saying that, it's hard for me to get that. (laughs) Matt Ryan, your guy Matt Ryan at 253 with a 67% completion percentage. Matty
1: Ice, yeah, we've been forced to to throw the ball either being behind or not able to run, so I believe
0: that. That That was number two, and he is tied for the league, actually, with completions. That was attempts. I don't know if I was saying completions or attempts there. Justin Herbert leads the league with 200, even though he missed a game. He missed, like, a game and a half or something like that. I I don't know when that injury occurred in that one game, but uh, he's made 257 attempts so far. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. That's, it is. And, and if he and hasn't missed
1: know. the game, he missed some time.
0: Uh, but okay. he actually played with that rib cartilage somehow, oh, that's right. so that's right that's right where he shouldn't have but uh, man you know my my charger stacks going into the fishbowl and everything were looking really nice the 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 Herbert to Keenan Allen was looking really nice going into it all and then like yesterday he gave me five uh, fantasy points five fan- <laughs> how how do you pass on 257 times in the year and you give me five Scott fishbowl fantasy points that, that's incredible that's great <laughs>
1: it's brutal it's- it's brutal. I mean, it's been tough. I started like three and zero, and I think I'm three and three now. I've dropped three straight myself. Uh, had Jonathan Taylor who was hurt. Had his backup, not Hines, and unfortunately, I did not handcuff the handcuff. I didn't think it had to be that serious, but I've just really injured in the backfield. Chase Edmonds, you know, he got beat out by Mostert. It's been brutal. Um, I did have digs. It didn't matter. He didn't. He didn't do enough. I needed him to to go for like. Fifty uh, in order to win. I think I lost by ten, and so it's been brutal in the Scott Fishbow streets.
0: Yeah, uh, a completion percentage. This is just curious here. Looking at a couple of these guys, Geno Smith is leading the league with seventy-three percent completion percentage. Matthew Stafford is number two at seventy-one percent, and then Tua Tagovailoa they're at seventy percent completion per- percentage. And Daniel Jones, uh, Daniel Jones, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, all at sixty-seven. So that's that's kind of interesting to look at that list.
1: It is. It is. I mean. We'll see. It's getting ready to get cold. So we'll see how these, you know, passing completion percentage. I expect it to go down a bit. I expect attempts to go down a little bit once you get into the cold weather months. Uh, unless you got a team that's in a dome, uh, you really start to see the, the run game kind of go into effect when the, the cold weather starts. Gets a little tougher to throw the ball in the wind and when it's freezing.
0: I put out a little just a, just a question. I try to put out little questions over there on the fantasy impact today. Uh, network uh, uh, Twitter handle, at FI Today with a little underscore, if you want to go over there and check those out. Uh, Who do you think is, and I I put the quarterbacks in there today, Pierre, I listed like the top 10 quarterbacks, yards per game. And the question was, who do you think is going to lead the league at the end of the season in uh, yards for the entire season? And yards per game leading the league, Josh Allen is leading the league with 330 yards per game. Next guy is Matt Ryan at 294.
1: Hey, Matty Ice, he's still got a little bit in that arm. Again, if they could get him some protection, I think he'll be fine. Uh, they finally protected him. Zero sacks for the first time this year. Uh, last game, still went down to the wire against Jacksonville, but you hope we can start to get some some chemistry uh, with him. He, he hopefully won't have to throw it that much uh, if Jonathan Taylor get healthy, but it is what it is right now.
0: Who do, you, who do you think will lead the league in yards per game? Well, not, not game, but just yards accumulated for the rest of the year. Uh, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Mahomes, Herbert, Winston, Brady, Goff, all those guys. Burrow is even in there. A couple of people voted Burrow, yeah, Derek Carr.
1: It should be Josh Allen by a lot. For one, they 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 pass the ball like 80% of the time. Uh, in addition, why wouldn't you? He He's definitely the the top quarterback, I feel, in the the league right now. Um, he does have some running upside. You do worry because they are a, a cold weather team,
0: right? That's uh, what so keep about that
1: about. in mind. You you might see a, a Brady or a Herbert start to climb up, uh, playing you know home games at least in Tampa and Los Angeles. But I do feel uh, you'll still see Josh Allen air it out, even even when it gets cold there in Buffalo.
0: I left one name off because he just he's not a regular starter for some reason in the league at 300 yards per game, right under Josh Allen by 30 yards, but second place, second place. Joe Flacco, three. I three hundred <laughs> yards. Uh, I should have known <laughs> it, it was going to be. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I didn't. I wasn't planned There's was just waste. Who is leading the league in? Let's see, interceptions. Pierre. Well, this will be our last one. Interceptions. Who's throwing the most interceptions? Uh,
1: probably Matt Stafford. He's been awful.
0: Yeah, eight eight interceptions. Matty Ice there at seven. Wentz with six. Lamar Jackson with six. Jameis and all the uh, big group there at five. So that's just kind of leading the league there. In that, that's that's interesting. I, 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 got <laughs> I knew they one- have been
1: playing the defense against the the Rams, so I figured it
0: had to be him because yeah. the chalk defense goes off every week. That's true, that's true. Uh Last one, QBR, it's just a way that they rate those guys and everything. Tua is leading the league in QBR with an 80 QBR. I, I don't know if that's percentage or what that is, 80, right? Josh Allen at 75. I'm just kind of giving a barometer here because, yeah. it, it, to me, it gets a little funny, right? And then you get a big group there at 50. You got some at 30. Guess where Baker Mayfield is? His QBR rating?
1: Uh, One point two.
0: It's <laughs> close, <laughs> close. Fifteen point five. Uh, Joe Flacco is second, <laughs> lowest oh, thirty with a third. <laughs> <laughs> was hey. at 31, but I'm just interested. You look at the QBR thing, and Baker Mayfield is down there in a 15, man, and I'm telling you, he's in a league all of his own right there. Is there's, there's nobody even close to him.
1: So what happened with Davis Mills? That was your that was your guy. I, What's going
0: I'm, on? I, I, you know, that coaching regime change. Just had to, had to have uh-huh. something with that. Both, okay. You know, Lovey yeah. Smith thing. I I didn't put that in the calculator when I was thinking about my Davis Miltons love <laughs> yeah. last season. Hey, He's no Rex Grossman, but no. I mean, better. <laughs> ah, Kyle Orton he is not. Kyle Orton. <laughs> not. Pierre, we got a, uh, eleven games that we're looking at this week, and it, it's an interesting week. Last week, to me, in our DraftKings contest, even I, right at the beginning of football, I was sitting there going, "Who scored?" Who, what is who is that? I've never even heard of that guy. Who's scoring touchdowns, you know, at the bottom of the ticker? Or they give you that score alert thing and I'm going, yeah. who? he they ain't on anybody's team, man.
1: It can happen. I mean, it's that's what's frustrating at times, especially if you feel like you have a play. Let's say like the the tight end spots, you know, really, really crushing. And so you go off a, a top tight end, let's just say, for example, you know, Travis Kelsey, and yeah. all of a sudden it's like Jody Forson. Uh, who's also a tight end on the Chiefs, but you're like, what in the world? What's that? Who is this? No one's going to really know Jody Jody Fortson unless you really pay attention or you're a Chiefs fan, but it happens all the time where, like, fullbacks or, you know, Deion Jackson's a, a pretty good example. So, obviously, Taylor got ruled out. Heinz got ruled out. A lot of people went to Deion Jackson, which unless you're paying attention to the coats or – you're into fantasy. You're not going to know who Deion Jackson is as a casual fan. And so you see the game he has, you're like, who is this guy? So I definitely understand that when the, the ticker comes across and you see the... Touchdown, and you're like, who in the world is
0: that? <laughs> hey, speaking of who is that? Who won our contest last week? We always put on a, a DraftKings contest uh, attached here to the DFS Dreamer tweet that was put out there. It's either pinned up over at the Loafinator account <laughs> or at the FI Today account. Pierre is working on trying to learn how to pin things on his. I account. pinned
1: it. I pinned it last week. Give me some hey, credit, man.
0: All right. Well, you are the champion. One, two, three.
1: <laughs> I- <laughs> no, but the winner is actually pretty known. It was our guy Bo. Uh, oh, Bo, big, big time is the, the handle uh, over there with nimble with numbers came in with a 155.16 uh, to take down first place. Uh went with Josh Allen who uh, was popular across the board. Yeah. Uh, paired him up with digs. So again, that's a, a thing that I, I couldn't follow, but I tell everyone uh, stack up your, your quarterbacks with their, their top guys. Cause if they go off, it, 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 odds are their their top receiver or tight ends going to go off uh so he did that he went Allen with Diggs. uh he also had gate davis um there at, as a part of his stack a double
0: stack okay he
1: did he double stacked it didn't bring it back um with any kansas city so i know i talked about it it could be a, a bill's onslaught type of game yeah i um, it was not uh but he did not bring it back with anyone running back Eno benjamin uh who was really proper his price right. tag uh Brees Hall, he had Brees Hall there. We oh, got him good. 23.10. Chris Godwin, um, another popular one at wide receiver. Kate Otten. Uh, so he went with Kate Otten there at 2,900, even with Cam break back. Only got him four, but helped him to fit in salary elsewhere. Daryl Henderson Jr. Uh, had him hand a lot of guys. Went with Daryl Henderson after the Cam Akers news broke that he wasn't going to play. Mm-hmm. And then the Panthers D, you know, <laughs> cheap defense against the Rams, paid off again. So he had a uh, Josh Allen, you know, Benjamin, Reese Hall, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Chris Gotland, Kate Otten, Daryl Henderson Jr., and the Panthers' D to take down first place.
0: Oh, that's a beautiful build. And and I, I've learned so much from watching Bo and, and Scott Simpson you know, with Nimble Numbers Uh, over there on some of the things that they do and reading the articles. They got a great job. They do a great job over there banging out that (laughs) fantasy fire content. I really do. I appreciate those guys. I've even sent a message over to Bo. Hey, man, I appreciate all the work you do because I've learned a lot from you, like I have with you, Pierre, or even Rob Norton, many people who are in that – Contests that we put on with DraftKings, I've learned a lot from them. The Craig Craig guy, I've watched him build lineups and stuff too. It's fun to watch people build lineups, uh, just to be able to get the different correlations that everybody does. So I appreciate everybody kind of schooling me a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just a a great community, a lot of great minds. You know, we we got different access to, to different projections, we got different thought processes. So it's good to one bounce ideas off of each other. But in addition. You know, see what people come up with at the end of the week, you know, see who they're playing, try to, you know, think why, why do they do that, you know, try to pick their brain a little bit. So it's definitely fun and entertaining just to, to kind of have fun with some of our friends.
0: Our famous. first, yeah, oh, yeah, and family. That's true. That, and family. Uh, our first game on the slate, Cleveland at Baltimore, Pierre. I like this game a lot here. Uh, 46 and a half is what it is. From a watching perspective, I'm not sure if I'm I'm all over this one on a DFS contest perspective. We got Baltimore favored by six and a half points, mm-hmm. uh, and and I'm not really really enthused about these price tags. But you know, it's hard not to. It's hard to say no to Lamar Jackson each and every week. <laughs> is at 8K? 24 points is is just about where he looks like he's been though on the, these DraftKings scores lately.
1: Yeah, it's right around his range, but. You look, he's kind of been down the last three weeks compared to those first three. So right, only 21 that week one, but 48, 43 are really the ones in week two and week three that are, are holding up that average. Uh, other than that, he's kind of been the the team. So the fact that he's capable of getting you 40 plus um, kind of makes him in play, you know, all the time. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't great against Cleveland last year. I think he got hurt um, in their second game. But in the first game, he only went for like 13.4 so I would be cautious there. Uh, it is a higher price tag, but he has an easy route tree. Uh, that route tree is Mark Andrews uh, there at tight end, uh, who's 7,400, and also you know right around that 24 point per game average himself. Right. Uh, so you look at him, he's going to give you a, a leg up at the, the tight end position. So I don't mind Lamar, and I don't mind Andrews if you do want to pair him up. Uh, the news I would kind of watch with this team is going to be at running back, um, actually. So you look at J.K. Dobbins. Uh, they said he, he's feeling something in his knee. Um, right. He lost some snaps to, to Kenyon Drake, who's a, a name of the passer here uh, with the, the DFS Dreamer podcast when he's in Arizona. But he's 5,100 mm-hmm. going up against the Browns, who were just awful against the run this year. Uh, so pay attention to that. If Dobbins is, is out or misses uh, with some of the injury history that he's had, I think Kenyon Drake will be in play at a pretty good price tag at 5,100.
0: Yeah, little Kenny Drake had 22 or 23 DraftKings points last week, had a lot of touches, and really didn't share that backfield once Dobbins went down. It seemed to be all Drake, Uh, and I don't think Gus Edwards is uh, slated to be able to play this week, right?
1: No, I don't have. I think Justice Hill is questionable, but I don't don't see Gus being back just yet.
0: Okay, uh, we're not looking at anything from the Cleveland side, really. Are you? Are, is it a Chub week? I don't think it is. At eight K, it just seems like it, that's really his max price point with max return coming back. It doesn't seem like there's anything there. Yeah, I don't.
1: I don't hate the price. I hate the matchup. Like okay. Baltimore is so good against the run that I don't see myself playing Chubb. Uh If there is one, it'd be Amari Cooper. Uh, you look at the fact that the Ravens have struggled against the passing game. He's clearly the alpha. Uh, There for the Browns for the passing attack, uh, seeing 10 plus targets in four out of six games. So i like to play more at home. Uh, His home road splits are about a four point difference right now. So I don't know if I would play, but if you do stack up the Ravens, you want to bring back, I think it'd be Amari Cooper. Um, You can also look at Njoku again, who continues to see targets at the tight end position.
0: Oh, yeah, I was going to remind you of that because you reminded me of that one time not too long ago about Amari Cooper's home road splits. I was going to say, hey, buddy, he's on the road this time. Oh,
1: yeah, I know, I know.
0: <laughs> Tampa Bay at Carolina, I don't know what to expect out of this game, Pierre. It's a 40 and a half point total. Uh, Tampa Bay is, is favored to win by 11 points right now. But a forty and a half point total will usually stay away from these things. Tom Brady on the road again. He's just not looking very impressive. I keep thinking they're going to turn it around. Carolina's in flux. I, I can't see playing a CMC even this week because I'm not sure it, with all the trade rumors. Are, are snaps going to be a little bit limited? And is he kind of maxed out at 8,400? I haven't seen quite a boom week like that from CMC in a couple of weeks. Who are you looking to play for or play in this game?
1: So I actually like Tampa again. Okay. Um couple reasons. So the last two weeks have been really big ownership and roster ship on Tom Brady um and the Bucks. You look at their matchups, you look at his price, and he's he's bombed twice now. Yeah. You look at the the news, you see him yelling at his offensive line. There's yeah. memes about, you know, I left my wife for this, <laughs> all that all that type of stuff going on. Um but he's still Tom Brady. I feel like he's going to figure it out. I feel like the team's going to figure it out. They have talent. They have him, Fournette, you know, Godwin, Evans. They have they have the pieces to make a run. Uh, Carolina's a pretty good get-right spot right now. They've been pretty awful, even with, you know, P.J. Walker. He didn't do anything different than, than Baker. He's kind of banged up. They could look at Jacob Easton, uh, who's also awful. So I just think, even on the road, that this could be a get-right spot for Tampa, especially if everyone's going to be off of them because of the last two weeks. Uh, They're in a worse matchup technically, but that's the time I like to to jump on. Still good prices with the receivers. Evans and Gotwin both under 7K right now, both seeing 80-plus percent of the snaps. Fournette getting a ton of targets each at 7,700. He's in play, so I do think Tampa um, is definitely worth a look. I don't think I'll bring anyone back. The only one I really like on Carolina is McCaffrey, but I don't like playing running backs against the Tampa Bay defense.
0: Well, Robbie Anderson's still here at thirty nine hundred for Carolina. Uh, <laughs> he's
1: he's gone.
0: <laughs> hey, it's Terrence Marshall season again. My yeah, I mean,
1: Chenault Chenault might be back uh, as well. So, I mean, if you want to punt, if you need no. someone really cheap, you might be able to look at you know uh, DJ Moore, the Visca Chenault just because I expect them to be trailing, um, kind of similar to Pittsburgh. Even though they weren't trailing, uh, they were forced to kind of throw the ball to compete, and that you saw like a Claypool have a big game. So you could see a, something similar here uh, with Carolina if they're from behind.
0: Kate Otten as well. we got to mention his name. At, yes, at yes, a great
1: uh, break got structured off. I think he's okay, but having some neck issues, didn't sound like another concussion. But, yeah, Kate Otten uh, should be the tight end one again this week at, at 2700. So good call out there.
0: No, never say die Atlanta Falcons versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This game totals at 47 and a half. It's at Cincinnati, so... Uh, they are six-point favorites there at home. Atlanta is that team, man. They just they just don't go away. And and but they're the opposite team for me. When I'm like, okay, I'm gonna play Mariota this week. I got Mariota. And he doesn't do anything. And then the next week, I'm like, I'm no, I'm not playing Mariota this week. Yeah, I remember what he did to me. And then he does something like last week. So I'm not sure what to do with Atlanta. I just know whatever I do, everybody do the opposite.
1: <laughs> well, Atlanta's competitive. Uh, that's one thing to just keep in mind. Uh, they're gonna grind you out. You got Mariota. He's not going to turn the ball over a lot. For one, he doesn't throw it a ton. Um, he's more of a runner. Uh, and if he does throw it, it's going to be, you know, some of your short uh, intermediate type of throws. So just keep that in mind. Probably wouldn't play the the Bengals defense. They couldn't find success uh, against the Saints. I don't see them being successful uh, with the Falcons. Could, you know, turn into a little bit of a a, a scoring type of shootout potentially. Uh, there in Cincinnati. It seems like Chase and and Burrow, you know, found their footing back in New Orleans, uh, back in that, you know, LSU territory, had a really big showing for both of them. I believe the Millie maker uh, had Burrow and Chase stacked up. So I do like, you know, Burrow, Chase. I like T. Higgins. looks like Mm -hmm. he actually, you know, recovered from that ankle injury that burned everybody a week prior. Uh, like him, 6,400. Like Hayden Hurst, um, at tight end, as well, you look at him at 3,500. Yeah. He's still on the field, he's getting targets. And his last revenge game was against Baltimore, went for 653 and a touchdown. Well, the Falcons are revenge game for him as well, so I don't mind him uh, going up against one of his former teams on the Atlanta side. Like you kind of mentioned, um, if you're playing Burrow, you probably want to bring it back with a pass catcher. Kyle Pitts finally got in the end zone uh, last week. Sure. Uh, still only got like ten points, so his target share just isn't there. So if there's anyone on the the Falcons, I look at the receivers either Drake London, uh, who seems to be their main guy, and then uh, uh seems to find his way in the end zone every other week. So if you want a cheaper guy to bring back from the Bengals, one of them.
0: I was thinking Saquaeus too. He, he, he is he he finds his way around out there, but there's just not enough pot passing volume for me on that quarterback side with uh, Atlanta. It's either for me, I'm I'm either playing Mariota naked that day or or I'm not playing them at all or I'm not playing any Atlanta Falcons team at all. I'll tell you, the DST might not be a bad one there for Atlanta at 2,400 this week. It's kind of one of those lower ones. And Cincinnati seems like a second-half team for me. You know what I mean? Every time I see Cincinnati, they don't get warmed up until the second half. The whole, the whole first half is nothing but fumbling, nothing but, you know, are we supposed to be playing yet? And they, they kind of give the other team a, a whole first-half lead.
1: Well, in addition... You know, their they're offensive line struggles, so you can get sacks. Plus, they like to throw the ball. Like, they they drop back mm-hmm. and they throw it or burrow. And so you have that you know, pick-six opportunity. Uh, so definitely, uh, a lot of teams don't like to play. A lot of players don't like to play defenses against high-scoring teams. Um, but you can still see those teams be successful. Uh, you saw, like, the Jets. You know, they had a pick-six on Rodgers. They they shut down the, the Packers last week. Carolina was minimum salary from a defense uh, at 24, uh, minimal salary, but they were cheapest defense on the slate, picked off Stafford for, for, for pick six. So those type of plays, even though they're against superior quarterbacks, superior teams, you can still get paid off if you find one of those teams in the 2400 rings like the Falcons are.
0: OK. All right. Uh, Detroit at Dallas, Pierre. Oh, uh, boy, this is. Uh- what are we supposed to do with this one? I mean, the last taste in my mouth about Detroit was they just did horrible offensively, everything. But that was the week before the bye week. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, and and I that's the week I went, oh man, I forgot about that. Don't take teams with the bye week, you know, coming up because they're already on vacation and and so they're already taking it easy, maybe. And and I think that's what had maybe happened with Detroit the week beforehand. But we know that that team has the potential to be in a shootout. I don't think they could do it against Dallas, but this is a uh, you know, Dak Dak Prescott's first game back. He's going to be mm-hmm. doing those things. I just see them really, really playing from ahead, though. And it being a running game, this is a 48 point total. Dallas is favored by seven points. So I'm thinking uh, Ezekiel Elliott, but I'm I'm really loving a Tony Pollard against this Detroit lions defense.
1: Yeah. I like Pollard too. um, he just looks more explosive when, oh, he, yeah. when he's on the field by, by a lot. Um, you look at the lions, they've struggled against the run all year. I don't like that. They, they split carry so frequently <laughs> when it comes yep. to the yep. and Zeke, even against Philly. I think the, the carries was 13 to 11. So really, really close, but they're both in a really good matchup. I think I would take Pollard as well, just because of the explosiveness. Um, C.D. Lamb's great out right now is the the top receiver on the slate from a points per dollar standpoint. So that's interesting, also because the Lions just struggle in general. So when you think about that, I think a lot of people are going to go to to C.D. Lamb because a lot of projections are going to going to going to basically point in his direction. It's okay. going to be one of these running backs, though. I think you're right. Getting it right is going to be the difficult part. Uh, You look at, I think, for the season, uh, Zeke's averaging about 15.7 to to Tony Pollard's 9.2 from a a rushing attempt standpoint. So favor Zeke. Uh, Target's not too much different. Uh, It's like 2.7 for Pollard to 1.3. So you got Pollard's burst, but Zeke seems to have the the opportunity. So flip flip a coin. Uh, (laughs) I think I'll probably lean Zeke because I think everyone's thinking the way we're thinking which is Pollard. So I think I might go with the old man who's not as old as people think he is.
0: No, and and I can see that. And look, it, it's Ezekiel Elliott. So they're going to look mm-hmm. for an opportunity for him to have a Zeke game. You know, I yeah. mean, just and he's, the, he's the crowd one of the crowd's favorites there in Dallas. He'll be at home. <laughs> I, I can see them doing whatever they want to in this game <laughs> against Detroit. And I think that's going to be one of the things they want to do.
1: And Dak should be back as well. And him and Dak are best friends. So keep that in mind also.
0: Yeah, I remember that COVID party they had. Hey, uh, DST's Cowboys are at 4K. Is it worth it this week to spend up for them against Detroit?
1: I mean, you can. They're going to get pressure, but I don't like paying up for for defense. I know I did a little bit last week with the Ravens, and it backfired, so I'm going to be right back down at the bottom of the barrel where I should have been last week in the first place. Uh, Bring back. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, yeah. Definitely look at him. Should be a week removed now from his ankle injury. Uh, now that they're coming off the buy themselves. So he's in play. Uh, pay attention to DeAndre Swift. Uh, he should be scheduled to come back as well. He's down at, at 6,800. Uh, he will be splitting a bit, I'm sure, with Jamal Williams. But he's he's technically in play, too. I uh, can always look at Hawkinson as well. But I only like him kind of when I'm on St. Browns out. Uh, he's he's going to be in, though. DJ Shark may be back, Josh Reynolds. So, so there's plenty of options from a runback standpoint. I will probably go with one of the receivers, though, as I do expect the the Cowboys to get out in front in this
0: game. See, I I I, I lean towards Josh Reynolds until I see that maybe DJ Shark is back, and so I I kind of question that a little bit, and then I wonder whether or not Josh Reynolds really has had his boom since on uh, Ron St. Brown uh, butchered that uh, since he was out, and, <laughs> yeah. and but but they're gonna have to pass a lot. Josh Reynolds always seems to have Jared Goff's eye. That's
1: it's true. I mean, he did it as soon as the trade happened. Uh, they obviously played with each other with the Rams. Uh, so again, if you need some salary, uh, you can go down to Reynolds. So he's getting about seven targets uh, per game in comparison to Amon Ross, roughly 9.8. So they're, they're pretty close in target share.
0: How'd you do that so well? Aman Ra? Uh, <laughs> New York Giants at Jacksonville Jaguars. This game totals at 42 and a half, so one of the lower ones on the board again. Jacksonville is at home and they are actually favored by three points. How about that? Against the Giants. The Giants <laughs> don't they they don't lose. How is Jacksonville favored? at home in this game, Pierre, and and you nailed it last week, bud, whenever you told me that uh, Trevor Lawrence plays like he's in a different world <laughs> whenever he's playing against Indianapolis, and and he did last week, he had 25 DraftKings points, just about his highest of the season, and and he did really well.
1: Yeah, it never fails. For some reason, like, he just does well against us. He's efficient, you know, from a, a passing standpoint. I think he was 20 for 22, uh, <laughs> even with his passing, so... We didn't, we didn't stop him there. We just happened to get some pressure on him uh, to get some sacks to kind of bell us out. Uh, he ran it in for, for two touchdowns. So he does have that that rushing upside as well. Not like a Lamar, but, you know, they get down inside the the five. He's kind of similar to Tannehill where they can run bootlegs and keepers uh, to get him in the end zone. So he's not playing the coach this week, though. <laughs> I don't yeah, think, no. I don't think I'm going to, to Lawrence. The Giants defense has been really, really good. We just saw them contain – you know, Lamar Jackson last week, uh, only the one loss in the season. I don't really like this game, if okay. I'm being honest. I expect it to be one of the lower totals. It'll probably be lower, I I think, than the the Bucs and Panthers. I think the, the Bucks offense could help that situation, where I'm not sure either offense <laughs> with the Giants or Jacks can help. So I, I don't know yeah. if I'll play much. I think you can always play Barkley. Uh, we saw Deion Jackson have a, a big game uh, against the Jaguars, so Barkley's clearly another level than a Deion Jackson. So wouldn't mind Barkley. There's there's always cheap guys if you want to look at, like, a Bellinger, at tight end, or, you know, a R- Rondell Robinson. His price came up, but, you know, he's back healthy. He could be involved in the passing game. On the other side, you know, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and a revenge spot himself. You could look at one of those guys, but I, I just think I'm going to try to avoid this game altogether personally.
0: Okay. Yeah. And the last time I tried to play Evan Ingram in a revenge kind of narrative, it felt like I got nothing out of him. I mean, it was like zero. So I don't, I don't know. Doug Peterson likes to zig while everybody else zags. So I I yeah, could see true. him just being a decoy. I could see him completely. You know, you had a
1: everyone else jags. Like you had it right there for the taking. You did not make the joke.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so give me some factoids about this next game. Indianapolis at Tennessee. This is a big one, Pierre. Uh, Tennessee is my second team, I guess you could say, uh, as I'm really close to these guys. 42.5 point total, so not a lot of points expected to be scored here. And Tennessee is favored 2.5 coming off the bye week. They're favored by 2.5 at home. Tell me how Derrick Henry does against these Colts, Pierre.
1: Really well. He does really well. He'll do really well here. Um, 8,200. I'm not sure if folks will pay up. There's still some value, um, at the running back position, but right. look at his last three weeks. I mean, he's going to get you 20 plus plus carries. He's going to get you, you know, two to six targets now. So uh, I do like Henry. We just saw, you know, as you mentioned, you know, guys, we don't know names at the bottom of the ticker. Uh, one of those was Jermichael Hasty with the Jaguars is blowing down 60 yards uh, against the coats. Uh, some people might know him from the 49ers, but if he's doing that, Etienne had a big 60-yard run, so what's to stop Derrick Henry from doing the same? They're at home. Uh, should be fresh coming off the bye themselves. Coats coming off a big win, so a lot of people could be on the coats, but I do I do think Henry's in a really good spot. I, I do consider playing him at 8,200. Uh, he's probably the only Titan uh, besides their defense that I like, though.
0: This will probably come back to bite me, but I, I, and I the Tennessee Titans coming off a of bye week – they usually look sluggish to me. You know how teams can look sluggish coming off a bye? <laughs> they they usually look sluggish coming off a bye. Uh, they, they end up pulling the victory out and that kind of thing because that's what Tennessee does. But they like to keep every game close. And I think that that's what this one's going to be as well. It's just a close-knit game. Uh, Vegas kind of takes those two at 42-and-a-half. Can we predict that Matt Ryan will throw the ball another uh, 80, 90 times this game?
1: <laughs> Potentially. Again, you got to pay attention to the, the news. Uh, obviously, if Jonathan Taylor's back, that won't be the case. But if he misses again with that ankle, uh, they could be forced to. So you look at the situation, if they get behind, you know, they have to throw the ball. They'd rather entrust the offense with Matt Ryan versus a Hines or uh, or a Deion Jackson, even just because of the, the I guess the, I don't even know the word, but just the experience. There it is. Sure, but, sure. Uh, Matt Ryan has. So I do expect that to be the case. If they get behind, but if Taylor's in, no, they they should be a lot more balanced. Um, even Frank Wright mentioned they went no huddle because of the Jaguars. Yeah. There are certain teams that you, you don't go no huddle against. And so just keep that in mind. They may not go no huddle <clears throat> a lot against the Titans because you kind of want to keep Henry off the field in order to keep your defense fresh. You don't keep your defense fresh if you're going no huddle and getting off the field early yourself.
0: Yeah, and that's that's true. You want to limit those touches that Derrick Henry gets. You want him off the field. Uh, and it is cool to watch. Uh, Frank Reich does stuff like that, puts it in his quarterback's hands. He did that last year with Carson Wentz, and he's finding himself doing that. And he did it the year before that with <laughs> Phil Rivers. And <laughs> he did it again as he wake up thinking this is Groundhog Day. Is that what he does? This is Groundhog Day, except the quarterback's names just changed. Uh, with this, are we looking at an Alec Pierce maybe at 4,600? Michael Pittman Jr., if if we're looking for them, if Jonathan Taylor isn't there. And by the way, if Jonathan Taylor is playing, can we please get him 10 targets as well? Can we just – <laughs> It'd
1: be that? nice. It'd be nice. You're getting him to Deion Jackson. I don't know why you can't get him to to Taylor, but – Or D- or, or
0: Hines. Or Hines. I mean, when yeah. Hines is healthy, you don't, he doesn't get 10 targets. Why, why he do <laughs>
1: I don't know. I don't know. But I do like the receivers uh, in this game. Uh, I like Pittman again. I don't know if we'll see the the big amount of target. I think he got 16 last week. I don't see that happening. I think the, the Titans may try to limit that. Uh, we'll see. He he could be double-digit targets again. So I don't mind him at 7,400. I mentioned Pierce was, was getting ready to, to show the world who he was. You could kind of see it happening in that Kansas City game once he got back from that concussion and he just continues the to blossom, he wins a lot of his one on one matchups outside. So he's good at forty six hundred. And then Paris Campbell um, showed up. He made his arrival into yeah. the twenty twenty two NFL Uh-oh. season. Saw eleven targets, caught seven for fifty seven and a touchdown himself. Uh, so maybe it's time to to actually, if he can stay healthy, get on the the Paris Campbell train also.
0: I was on that train in the offseason. I drafted him everywhere. What a bargain. What a bargain. No, it wasn't a bargain. Hey, I, hey let's not forget, though, that this was a huge pass-volume game for Matt mm-hmm. Ryan, and I don't know that he's going to replicate that. Uh, well, hey, maybe he will. It is. Yeah.
1: and uh, Just the tight end, so okay. you don't know who it's going to be, um, but if you want to take a chance, like a coin flip, you know there's three of them that, that could be in play, and they're all 3K or less, so like Cox, um, it's 3K. You look at that first Titans game. He had six for 85 and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly they had something going at the tight end position there in the second half uh, against the Titans. Kylan Granson uh, had what four for 38 at seven at minimum salary at tight end. And then Jelani Woods, they really like to use him in the red zone, uh, had two for 27 and a touchdown for 10. Ten doesn't seem like a lot, but at two point five, that's four times the value. That's <laughs> uh, going on there. So yeah, if you want to punt, uh, coach, tight end could be a good position for that.
0: I'm not opposed to a Titans defense either. Three K. I'm yeah. just not. I'm not opposed to that at all. With with especially if there's not a Jonathan Taylor in that game, and we got to depend on Matt Ryan to get it done outside. I think that uh, a a Titans defense looks pretty good. Pretty good on Sunday.
1: We got a great it, it can. It can. <laughs>
0: We got a Green Bay Packers at the Washington Commanders. What a letdown game for the Packers last week, Pierre. 41.5 points total. I know that you were spending the whole – you didn't even do anything wrong, and you were probably spending the night on the couch last week just because of what the Green Bay Packers <laughs> did. They are favored on the road by 5.5 points, and you know – You know I got my eye on one player in this game in particular, Pierre. I know you know who I is. I know you know who I am. I know you know who I love in this game. Can you tell me who it is? Can you guess who it is? It
1: is Taylor Heineke.
0: You got that right, buddy. (laughs) Uh, Not only do I like saying Heiney. Uh, but it's also he's at 5K and he, and you know this this team Washington especially against Green Bay that's the only concern I have is he going to be able to get to 15 DraftKings points when they may not have to when they may be playing from ahead against these Green Bay Packers I I don't know what to expect out of Green Bay I would like to think that they got to play from behind but you never know
1: and he's just unique because you saw him a bit last year and
0: there's some talent there
1: um, I actually expect him to unlock. Terry McLaurin, uh, which I don't think being talked about right now. So when you look at the receiving core, Wentz was really leaning on Curtis Samuel quite a bit. And even Dodson, uh, you've seen De'Ami Brown, you know, get some shots. But you're going to see Terry McLaurin probably come and have his coming out party. This, All right. Maybe even this week. So you look at this matchup last year, week seven in Green Bay, uh, McLaurin had uh, 28.2 fancy points. Caught seven balls for 122 yards and a touchdown against these Packers. Heineke himself uh, had a really solid game. I believe he's a Wisconsin native, uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, he had 22 fantasy points, which you take that to the bank at, at 5K. Uh, threw for 268, a touchdown rush for 95 uh, yards himself last year. So he's he's definitely capable. Um, he started quite a few games uh, last year. When you look at his 20-point outbursts, one, two, three, four, five. He had five of twenty points or more uh, last season. If he does that, like I said, at five K, you're really happy uh, at that um, value that you're getting from him. So I like him. I like McLaurin uh, with him on the Packer side. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think you ever <laughs> discount Aaron Rodgers. He's six K, and he hasn't had that that performance over eighteen yet, but. He's Aaron Rodgers. They're coming off the walls. So if there's a the time that he could have it, um, it'd probably be this week. You know, he's talked about simplifying things. Um, so I, I think you could see him kind of have a bounce back game as well. So I don't I don't mind him at 6K. Probably pair him up with a La- Lazard, I would imagine. He seems to be getting healthier, starting to get more targets, getting in the end zone. So don't really like the running backs this week. Uh, I know they need to get Aaron Jones more involved. How they do that, I'm not sure. Uh, but I don't mind Rodgers, Lazar, maybe Dubs. We saw Tunyon uh, get 10 targets, but his price jumped up a bit. But this game isn't too bad. It could be a little sneaky, actually. So I like a lot of pieces from both of these teams.
0: Okay. I'm not going to say this is a must-win game for Green Bay, but, I mean, they got to get their act together. <laughs> yeah, they really do. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I know we're not in panic mode yet or whatever, or relax mode yet, but you're right. And, and what's a simplify mean? Last week they were supposed to run like crazy, and they couldn't do it against the Jets. And, and what are they going to do this week? You know, So he,
1: P- he told us this today, uh, actually, on the Pat McAfee show. He said that the players need to simplify the game. He said it wasn't a shot at the coaching staff, but it was a shot that you have packages out here where if two out of the 11 guys don't do their job, it kind of blows the whole play up. And so in the minds of these players, they need to simplify and kind of get back to the basics on route running, on blocking, um, and just simplify the game versus being too convoluted with what a play might actually be or mean.
0: Okay. All right. I'll take his word for it. But I also like a Brian Robinson in this game. 5,500. It depends on how much volume there's there, because there, they sure did talk about getting Gibson a little bit more involved after he had a good game. But, you know, Gibson had a good game being the number two running back. He didn't have a good game <laughs> being the number one running back. And I know this Green Bay Packard offense or defense really lets up a lot through the, on the ground. And I, I could see Brian Robinson possibly, I won't say have his coming out party, because I don't know if physically he's able to do so after, you know, the off season that he had. But man, if, if he can, he he can this week
1: I just don't like the three running backs if I'm being honest um, okay. he looked okay in that second half like I didn't think he was great I was pulling for him I, I like the story sure. uh, the quick recovery from you know the, the gunshot tragedy that he had but he just didn't look I thought Antonio Gibson looked better look, if I'm yes. being honest in that game so I just don't think I don't think there's enough touches to be confident with any of these guys okay
0: all right, no, I, and that's why I said it. I wanted to hear what you had to say about that. And there, there's some of that narrative going around about Brian Robinson, and I'm pulling for him too. I do think yeah. that he's going to get the red zone looks uh, beyond any measure. But at the same time, Taylor Heineke is a little cheap version of, uh, you know, <laughs> of Allen at this point. That's what he. That's how he plays the game. It's just what he does. It's, it's how, And and I, I'm wondering too, like the wide receiver position. Whenever I look at that, and I, mm-hmm. you get you kind of burst my bubble a little bit by saying how many points Terry McLaurin had last week. I always think about that backup quarterback though coming in the game, and I don't think that's the situation. Last year, he was the starter. He was yes. he was you know he was a starter last year. This is a backup season, and so maybe I, it, he has a connection maybe with a with a Brown, maybe you know uh, Dotson. But I, I would say that'd be Diame Brown more that he'd have a connection with more than anybody if I was looking for that narrative to play.
1: Yeah, potentially. Again, any other you know situation, sure, that's probably the case. But given that he's been the starter, um, he's going to already have a rapport with some of these guys. Okay. And when you look at someone like McLaurin, who's clearly the the number one receiver on this team, it'd be in his best interest to get that guy involved and, and try to win this job and make sure that the rookie, Sam Howell, doesn't get his opportunity.
0: All right. Well, Carson Wentz doesn't think he's the number one wide receiver in that group. <laughs> i say that. New York, uh, Jets. Yeah. New, let's see, New York Jets at the Denver Broncos, 39 and a half point total right now. What are the Jets going to do going into Denver, man? This is a tough matchup for them. Denver Broncos are favored by two and a half points. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me how they're favored by two and a half points because I don't have any clue. Uh, two and a four is their record right now. They have got to get it right, too. Uh, Pierre, this is something I thought about as I watched... You know, as we've seen Russell Wilson struggle, as we saw Aaron Rodgers struggle, Tom Brady struggle. We're mm-hmm. we, we're seeing the torch being passed to these young guys left and right now. And it seems like it's the end of the line for some of these quarterbacks that we have known for years.
1: I mean, it eventually comes, doesn't it? Like Yeah. Like father time tends to catch up. And so it seems like that's happening. You know, we, we see, like you said, Brady struggling. We talked about him earlier on. Uh, Rodgers right now, we Russell Wilson, aye, aye, aye. So it's definitely seeming like that, that's the case. Um, and the Jets have been a part of that. So they were up against Rodgers, you know, last week and really shut them down, held them to 10 points in Lambeau. So what's to say they can't do that in the altitude here in Denver? Uh, in addition, you know, Wilson came down with a hamstring injury, yeah. uh, what they're talking about today. So it's possible he may even miss this game. And then you're looking at like a, a Brett Rippon, coming in. So I don't mind the, the Jets D. They have a defensive coach in Robert Sala. They put up nine plus, you know, three weeks in a row uh, against the, the Packers. I know they had backups there with the, the Dolphins and the Steelers, but I mean, they're capable. All you want is that that pick six type of situation with a sauce Gartner. Quinn and Williams looks great on the defensive front. So uh, I don't mind a Jets defense here at 2,600 going up against, even if it is Russ, because he's making mistakes too. But uh, either way, they're in play there. Brees Hall definitely taking yeah, <laughs> a running back spot there. So you look at, you know, back to back, you know, 23 plus weeks. Uh saw 20 attempts last week against the Packers, still getting a couple targets. Really good. I mean, he's explosive. Uh, so I do like him even at 6,200. He can pay that off here against the Broncos. So don't mind that situation. Receivers is tough. Um, I think Zach Wilson's a solid quarterback. I mean, he's young. He's going to make mistakes, but they don't really need to throw the ball the way their defense is played and the, the way they're able to run the ball with, right. with Brees Hall and then spell him with Carter. So that worries me. He's not airing it out like Flacco right. was. So that kind of impacts the receivers quite a bit. And even Elijah Moore uh, came out, I think it was yesterday, and you know said that you know there's a lot he could say about why he got zero targets last week, but the team's winning and that's ultimately what it's about. So why would he say anything that he got zero targets when they're still winning? So it's in his mind, you know, Hey, I want the ball too, but I mean, they're winning. So if if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I would just be a little concerned with the jets passing game.
0: I can understand that. I'm also concerned about that Denver backfield because that looks like a, just a, a doggle. Well, you talk about three people oh, back there. That and Melvin Gordon looked like a, a it was kid two. looking... There was
1: two people back there because, uh,
0: yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, Gordon Boone, I I picked up Boone in places. I started Boone in places because he looked spry and looked spunky. And here comes Latavius Murray getting the the, – Melvin Gordon looked like a kid standing outside of a donut shop looking in the window. That's what he looked like. (laughs) And Latavius Murray was in there eating all the donuts. And I I don't know what to do with it. I'm going to stay away from it. That's what I'm going to do for it. But, you know, whenever we're talking about redraft leagues and stuff, is it worth a Latavius Murray to be picked up? Yeah, I, should you? I
1: mean, if you like 50 year old running backs, I guess you can, you can take a shot, but I don't, I don't understand that either. Like he was, he was signed off the practice squad as a backup. Like and you, <laughs> I, all of a sudden he's like the lead back, like one game in. It's like, no injuries. I know Javante was gone, but I mean, Melvin Gordon still seems serviceable. He's had some fumbles. Against issues. the
0: Chargers. I Against understand the Chargers,
1: that. Yeah, for one, a former team of his, but also a team that was one of the worst uh, when it comes to <laughs> rushing defense. And he doesn't see the field in the second half, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I know is he that- hasn't been great. He's averaged, yeah. you know, like three yards a carry this season. That's tough, but is it really that much worse? With
0: but I mean, if you're going to get any juice out of Melvin Gordon, that's going to be the game. He's not you're going to want to thing. be showed up by Austin Eckler. You know, he's not. You're going. to He's going to come out there with a little more purpose. He's going to. He made sure he hydrated before the game, I'm sure, and then he just sat on the sideline.
1: <laughs> I mean, he handled it well. They had interviews. He's like, I don't know. He wasn't told that he wasn't going to play <laughs> the second half. He said he was ready to go and help the team. And
0: uh, that, the rest is history. you know what that was that that was a coaching move to get fired. That's what that was. It was a coaching move. It remind it reminds me of a Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. That's that's what that yeah. kind of stuff reminds me of. It's, it's just it's what's going on. Uh, Brees Hall, there. You talked about playing him. He's still at sixty two hundred. Seems like you got to keep capitalizing on him before his price point gets up there way too high. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Brees Hall may be our first ten k player in a couple <laughs> of years. Here. I mean, he's, the way he's going, he, he's something uh, else. So. Probably not. Uh, no, well, uh, okay. Uh, what uh, about one of those uh, tight ends for? Denver. I know that that Dolch, yes, he scored a touchdown. Yes. Twenty five hundred is his price tag, and he seems to be able to pay it off. Uh, only three targets, but you know, you never, you never know.
1: Well, he was open more than that. Like there were times where Rush just missed him. So I mean, there's a lot of issues going on with Russell Wilson right now with him just seeing the field. But I do like Greg Dolch. I, I think that's who they've been waiting for. They had Albert O and active um, all four Dolchich. They used the third round pick on him. I believe out of UCLA. So as he continues to get further removed uh, from that hamstring, uh, I think you'll see him on the field even more. And they said they're going to bring him along slowly. He played 71% of snaps last night. So if that's slow, then uh, I can't wait to see him get up to full speed. So minimum salary at tight end, 2,500. I probably prefer him if Russ does play. Okay, um, but yeah, he's definitely again one of those punts. That you can put in, save salary for for uh, positions elsewhere. Uh, Dolchich is in play at twenty five hundred. Don't mind the receivers. Uh, Sutton having a, his first dud was a little concerning, uh, but again, you just gotta watch this this quarterback situation. Both Russell Wilson and his health. Um, and then if he's out, I'm not sure how much I like Brett Ripon or not. But I mean, he's gonna have to throw the ball to somebody, and I think yeah. Sutton's still the guy he would try to throw it to.
0: Houston at Las Vegas. This point totals at forty-six points. Las Vegas at home. They're seven-point favorites right now. The Texans. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to uh, who, am I, who am I looking at here? I'm looking at Odd Shark. The Texans they only have Texans scoring 17 points and Vegas scoring 31. Pierre, so this looks like a a great spot for Josh Jacobs to really get his thing going on here, right here. And he had the volume yeah. to be able to do so before they had a bye week. He's at 6500. Pierre, uh, is Josh Jacobs the guy this week? Is he going to be so chalky that you got to yep. play him?
1: Yep, he's the he's the chalk this week. Uh, for one, it's the the Texans defense. Who's just giving up points on the ground all year? Uh but then you even look at Jacobs, like his his opportunities continue to climb. Uh he's got 21 and 28 target, not target, but touches yeah. uh, the last two games before the bye. Uh, he saw five plus targets the last three games. Uh so you gotta expect that to continue. They have actually been competing in those games, uh, beating the Broncos. Uh they lost the you know, the Chiefs in a game. They probably should have won by a point. So I do expect them to continue to to go to him, go to that well. Um, and this is the matchup for it. They can also keep the Texans defense honest with that passing attack, you know, with Devontae Adams. You know, Renfro's back. Carr's solid. Maybe they'll get Waller back. So they can definitely do some things. And I think it'll be through Josh Jacobs, 6,500. Again, like you said, he's probably the chalkiest, chalkiest running back on the slate this week.
0: Uh, for the Texans, whenever I look over there, I want to play a Rex Burkhead just because he's the receiving back. <laughs> really, seriously. You he's always a- want to play Rex Burkhead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but i to keep Rex Burkhead right back. <laughs> uh, but these 4,700, so I'm not going to touch that at all. That's just too expensive. And I, I'm just putting that out there for myself. I guess. And, you know, Davis Mills is at that 5K range, but this year it's just not getting done. They're really running the ball, but I think mm-hmm. Damian Pierce has kind of at his limit too. at 6,400 against this Las Vegas defense.
1: Yeah, Pierce is, I mean, he's right around where he's been last week. He was well two weeks ago, technically. Yeah. He was at 6,200. He got 20. Uh, if he gets 20, you're, you're fine with that. That's getting over that three times the salary. Uh, he's seen 20-plus touches in two out of the last three games, so He's even seeing targets. I know you mentioned Burkhead, but he saw five plus targets their last two games as well. So they're they're getting him involved. He runs hard. He runs angry. I think the the game script will be what you wanna watch here. If if they can get out in front, then Pierce will probably end up being a good play. Um, even against the the Raiders here. If they get behind, that's when you wonder if he actually gets this this volume from a, a hmm. target and receiving standpoint or if it is someone like Burkhead, but um, I don't mind him at 64. It'll be different. It'll be contrarian because I'm guessing a lot of folks won't be on there, won't be on him, um, but the talent is there. Uh, Brandon Cooks, he's going to be in play again pretty much every week, even, you know, at 6K. He's been right around that range. Seeing six-plus targets, you wish it would be more than the double digits. If they do get behind, maybe that forces Mills to air it out a bit, get Brandon Cooks more involved, be kind of a, a runback back. Uh, from a lot of the Josh Jacobs that we're getting. And Nico Collins is is kind of getting involved a bit as well. Uh, Saw five and six targets their last two games before the bye uh, for double-digit points. So keep that in mind. But uh, I probably won't have many Texans unless you stack this game. Uh, But otherwise, it'll probably just be Jacobs and then uh, one of the the Raiders pass catchers.
0: Yeah, I think I like Nico Collins. Just seeing the same kind of target share, all that stuff, I was going to do that. Probably don't want to too much, but if he's 4,200, I'd rather take him than Cooks. It seems like they have the same the same outcomes each each time, so why not, why not take the cheaper guy? Uh, DraftKings here. We're looking at the Seattle Los Angeles Charger game next. I, I don't know what to expect out of this one either. Seattle has got a terrible defense. Well just running, running, running. Fifty-one point total, though, is what this one is, Pierre. Los Mm -hmm. Angeles Chargers are at home, favored by six and a half points in this one. So this looks like another big Austin Eckler game against those Seattle Seahawks. But there's been times when I thought that it was going to be an Eckler game and it wasn't. And then there's times when I don't think it's going to be an Eckler game and it is, you know, like it just it kind of seems like it goes opposite of that a little bit. And I wonder (laughs) if they're watching their snap shares at times or watching his snaps and touches a little bit, or do I just need to quit the noise? and just play austin eckler at 8300
1: no they're they're definitely watching his snaps that's something they talk about um in the off season was just uh to kind of try to limit him keep him fresh because he wore down a bit last year Mm -hmm. some thought it was just kind of like coach speak but it's it's been a thing he's only playing about 60 percent of the snaps each week um so keep that in mind even with josh kelly getting banged up in that game last night, you saw Sony Michelle come in and play 32% of the snaps compared to 66 for Eckler. So he's getting spelled. Uh, the last few weeks, he's made the most of his opportunities. So, you know, really no big impact there. You do have it against the Seahawks who struggle against the run, so he's in a really good spot. So if he can stay efficient, then great. Uh, he's going to pay off for you if he can stay efficient. But you look at he's only getting, you know, 13 to 15 yeah. rushing attempts. That's not a lot but he's got games with the targets and that's where <laughs> it comes into play. He's got 10, he had 16 targets last night. So, he's getting 7 plus targets. He can kind of make up from that with his receiving volume. Yeah, uh, which is why that salary still works out for him at 8300.
0: Yeah, but Keenan Allen is right around the corner. Keenan is. Allen's knocking on the game door and he's ready to come back and I think that we could see that uh, total of, of of sixteen targets come down a little bit, if not a lot of bit, for <laughs> as he for Eckler right now. So I'm 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 very weary of that. This to me, it's just it feels, and I, I, I'm saying the feels is I'm not giving a statistical status for it. it. I'm just saying it feels like it's not an Eckler game to me. My favorite running back in all this is Kenneth Walker the third.
1: Yes, yeah, he's he's going to be right there with Jacobs um, from a chalk standpoint. So exactly, he only went up. $400, saw 21 attempts, 97 for a touchdown. Had a ton of missed tackles uh, by by Arizona as well. So, again, we just talked about the Chargers and how you should be able to run as long as you're not Melvin Gordon against them. So <laughs> I do expect Kenneth Walker to, to be in play. Good price at 5800 I worry if they get down, if he'll be involved, or if they'll go to DJ Dallas, uh, who seems to be their, their pass catching back right now. Right. Didn't have to really do that last week because they, they were pretty close with the Cardinals and had to lead in that game late. If the scripts flipped and the Chargers can be the Chargers that people expect them to be, it could play Kenneth kind of Walker out. I'm not sure yet. That's something to be determined, but something to consider this week uh, from the Seattle standpoint. Uh, Lockett finally had his poor game. Figured that would be the case with everyone on him, including me. <laughs> uh, so he definitely... Uh, stunk it up, only had two catches for 17. But you could see him uh, come right back into play here if they do get behind or forced to throw. Uh, Metcalf, 6,600, again, also in play. Uh, they're really the the two alphas here in the the Seahawks receiving core. And then the Chargers, you mentioned Keenan Allen. They could really use him. I think they're missing him greatly right now. Mike Williams, he's another one of those guys that has a big home road split uh, with his favor being on the road, actually. Um, you look at him on the road, he's averaging 20.4 points over the last two years, only 12.2 um at home over these last two years. So he's more of a road player. This game is at home, so keep that in mind when it comes to Mike Williams. Might want to go to Keenan Allen if he's back. Um, or the tight end position. I really like Jared Everett Jared yeah. Everett this yeah. week. Uh Seattle's just struggled against tight end all year right now. You saw Ertz, you know, I think he had like six catches for 68 yards last week so expect everett to to kind of have his his breakout type game uh, against the the Seahawks if he can actually catch the ball which is definitely one of his concerns but i do like everett this week at, at 4k against seattle
0: you know all the question marks that los angeles has I feel a lot more comfortable playing the Seattle Seahawks this go around because uh, the the Chargers just don't have that great of a defense, and you're starting to build stacks with Geno Smith at 5600. I can't find a run back that I like necessarily, but um, I, I'm just looking at Geno Smith and I'm thinking about those two wide receivers, or even a Kenneth Walker. But I'd rather play the wide receivers because it, you know Chargers usually usually have a little shootout contest going on, and I think if Keenan Allen comes back, it could turn into a little shootout.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Chargers got a decent D on paper, but, I mean, folks are hurt. You got to look Bosa's out. He's hurt. You've had J.C. Jackson banged up. Uh, They still got, you know, Kaleo Mack. They got Derwin James. They have playmakers, but it just hasn't really come together. Didn't look bad last night, but, you know, it's Russell Wilson in Denver. Yeah. Take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, That's not uh, Geno Smith, you know. It's not. It's not a comeback (laughs) player of the year, Geno Smith, but. I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, I don't mind this game. Like, it has the highest total probably for a reason. Um, at fifty-one, it's in the the afternoon, so a lot of folks like to play those those four o'clock games to to try to track down people. Um, I do expect there to be ownership on the game, given that it's the only one over fifty points this week.
0: Kansas City at San Francisco. San Francisco's returning back home after a long road trip, it feels like. I think they spent a, a month out east. It, 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 48 and a half point total. They played like it, too, in Atlanta. Uh, they just didn't show up at that game at all. It wasn't how the game script was supposed to go whenever you were looking at it on paper at all. And right now, it, it looks like Kansas City is favored on the road by three points in this one. I like San Francisco at home. I, I like them coming off of a loss. But then I look and I go, well, Kansas City's coming off of but lost too, you know, and San Francisco's defense <laughs> just got getting chewed up by Atlanta and Mariota. What in the world is are, are the Kansas City Chiefs going to do to this team?
1: Yeah, it's tough. Uh, pay attention to the other Bosa. So, we just talked about Joey being out with the Chargers. Pay attention to Nick Bosa if he can get back on the field because he's kind of that engine for this 49ers defense. He's their mm-hmm. edge rusher. They're going to need to get some pressure on Mahomes, otherwise, he'll pick you apart. Uh, so do watch that news from a defensive standpoint, but this game is interesting to me because I do think that Jimmy G can throw the ball if he needs to um, 5,500. We we just saw Allen. I know, I know Jimmy G is not Josh Allen, but he's capable of, of throwing the ball. He's got weapons. Debo Samuel, solid price, 7,600 Kittle. You know, he's, he's gotten some, some looks here. He's got 10 targets uh, against the Falcons We you get that from Kittle he loved that at 5,300. Um, the Chiefs do struggle against tight end. We saw Dawson Knox you know, get that game-winning touchdown uh, against the Chiefs there. So I don't mind uh, the 49ers. The running you know, attack, Jeff Wilson, folks probably won't be on him because of the dud that he put up. But, again, Kansas City struggled against the run, so I don't mind Jeff Wilson at 5,800. I expect him to, to kind of get back in the flow. And they're going to have to try to run the ball to keep Mahomes off the field. Um, So keep that in mind also. And then the Chiefs, you know, the usual suspects, Mahomes, always in play, Uh, 7,800, came down 200, Uh, averages 27 points on the road versus 23 at home. So he's better on the road. Uh, You got to pair him up with with Kelsey if you're going to play him. You want his top guy. That's where the boom is uh, with this team is, you know, when Kelsey has a big game, usually Mahomes is tied to it. So he's at 8K, so it'd be hard to get him in there. But if you're going to stack this game, You would want Mahomes, Kelsey, receiver. It's a coin flip. Juju finally got his game uh, last week going for 25.3. Not sure that'll happen again. Uh, I do like the 49ers secondary. So probably just Kelsey and Mahomes. Not even one of the running backs, honestly.
0: I understand, and and running it back, uh, it seems like Ayuk got a lot of work last week, and he's up there at six K, highest one, highest wide receiver. Is that's very strange to look at? No wide receiver for Kansas City being higher than Brandon (laughs) Ayuk, you know, as far as price goes. But it it doesn't seem like Ayuk has really been the guy to ever put it together two weeks in a row. You know, it, it just doesn't happen. So I'd be off I and I'd be going to Debo, but I love what you said there about Kittle because Kittle's getting warmed up a little bit coming off of injury, and maybe that was his warm-up game, and then this is his breakout game at home.
1: It could be, and again, she's struggling, his tight end, so it'd be a really good idea for Shanahan to get him involved versus blocking all the time.
0: Well, and and it's the narrative too, Kittle versus Kelsey, so it may get yeah, fed a little true. bit more. You you want you want you want to show your guy that you still believe that he's the best tight end in the league. All right, Pierre, as you construct this lineup here, I'll encourage everybody to follow you. If you got any questions, to go ahead and send them over to Pierre over on Twitter at Wee 31 You can follow me as well at Loafinit. don't forget to follow the show at Fi Today with a little underscore. Please make sure you like this uh, this podcast, subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, tell everybody about it. How we get the early look, early jump on things here on Tuesday afternoon and so uh, as we build this lineup here today keep that in mind take it with a grain of salt uh this is just an outline of something that you might be able to do on sunday
1: it is it is i have some hits though like you look back at every week i got a few hits in the lineup obviously things change but there's always hits every okay. single one but are you going to take a guess at who my quarterback's going to be this week oh, i know that's I usually can't. your thing
0: it's Heineke. Heineke. I mean it's Heineke. It's gotta be Heineke. <laughs> if it's not Heineken, then who in the world's gonna be? No, I will say it's Lamar just because of the boom potential that he has. He's the only quarterback here, I think, that has that uh, 40 point possibility, I think, this week.
1: He does have that possibility. It is it is not him though. Okay. It is it's Tom Brady. I'm oh. I'm on the narrative that they're gonna get it right. They're gonna they're gonna write the machine. So I'm gonna go with Brady. Sixty three hundred and hope that everyone's off of him. Well, I, him I two picked
0: straight weeks. Go ahead. Well, I've i picked Brady three times in a row. Then, if I were to pick Brady <laughs> this week, you no, I don't. No, know. you
1: picked Cousins last week actually, oh, but um, Brady's the guy. I, I like four guys. Just so you're aware, yeah. Herbert, Burrow, Brady, Prescott are probably the four that I'm on first look right now. All right. Um, but I'm leaning Brady here, and I mentioned you got to play him with his best players. You got to play your quarterback. What's your best? So give me Evans and Gotland. If I want that big Brady game, both of those guys are going to have a big game. So give me Brady with Evans Godwin, not going to run back. Don't really like anyone on Carolina except McCaffrey, but not playing him. So uh, let's get into the running backs. I like Drake uh, here for the Ravens. You saw the, the the Browns just really struggle against the rush. Pay attention to Dobbins. If J.K. Dobbins is in, um, I won't be on Drake, but right now, um, I'm just assuming that maybe Dobbins misses this game, coming off an injury, hurting that knee. So give me Drake. I'm going to go with Zeke. Uh, feed Zeke Elliott here in Dallas. Uh, so get me on the, the Zeke train here at 6K. Uh, let me get part of the Bengals. Give me, uh, give me T. Higgins at 6,400. Coming off 10 targets. Just saw the chase game, so folks are going to flop to chase as I'm playing T. Higgins. tight end. give me Gerald Everett uh, to get a part of the Chargers game. I do like Eckler. Uh, continue to pay attention to the Keenan Allen news, but I've seen uh, the Seahawks struggle against tight ends. So give me Gerald Everett going to play the chalk at the flex. That's going to be Josh Jacobs, uh, 6,500 against the Texans. Leaves me 2,500 defense. I just toss in the commanders and see if Rogers throws another pick six like he (laughs) has in back-to-back weeks. If he doesn't, that'll be good for the wife. If he does, it'll be good for me.
0: Uh, boy, Pierre, th- I mean, you just made it. You're sleeping on the couch again this week. You didn't <laughs> get it even started. Boy, I'm so glad you put Josh Jacobs in there. I was going to tell you, hey, I don't care what you do the rest of the line. I didn't want to interrupt you again. But I was going to say, <laughs> I don't care what you say the rest of the way. It's going to be Kenya Drake and Josh Jacobs for me in the backfield because two Alabama guys lead me home. Lead me home.
1: <laughs> that is. So I got Brady, Drake, Zeke Elliott, Mike Evans, Chris Gottwin, T. Higgins, Gerald Everett, Josh Jacobs, Commander's Defense.
0: Okay, I like that stack. The only thing that's missing is a Julio Jones for Tom Brady. Probably Leonard Fournette. All time. Always Leonard Fournette.
1: Whatever. Well, that's true. You stack Brady, it's Fournette.
0: I understand that. Hey, great job, Pierre. Thank you so much for joining me today on the DFS Draper podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, my friend.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Enjoy doing it. Hopefully, we can get some winners this week.
0: Get some winners, and you can join that DraftKings contest that we put on each and every week. Just look at the tweet under the pinned tweet that's overall there on FI Today, or even on Pierre's little Twitter handle, at wee 31 on Twitter as well. And please, everybody, whatever you do, try to find a way to go out into the world and make a positive impact in somebody's life today.